you. Starting the uh, starting the show off with a new track, courtesy of our house band, <laughs> Jake Nager and the Moment of Truth. Uh, you're listening to Police Chase, and they've got a new record coming out in August and uh, play shows around town. I want to get myself a Jake Nager and the Moment of Truth t-shirt. I see those popping. Hey, speaking of merch, uh, before we get to Cote, did want to mention we've got some new foamies for the homies online. U-Y-E-W, online.com. Hit your shop tab and support with uh, with a new U-Foamy. We've got kook foamies up there and just introduced into the lineup. <laughs> Barney and Betty foamies as well. And I want to thank my homie, uh, Steve over at Pacific Coast Apparel for helping us out with the production and uh, South Coast Surf Shops for carrying the foamies along with all our U gear and we're going to be in some new shops here in the weeks to come. Hansons, what's up? So uh, before we get to Chris Cote, uh, he and I haven't hung out in a while. He's been traveling so much. So this is the first time we've had a chance to sit down and we did it on mic. And we talk about his time up at Kelly Slater's Surf Ranch, along with his time uh, on Tinder and Bumble. Now that he's single and uh, and separated and, uh, and all that, Chris is up and running on Tinder and Bumble, and he has a lot to say on the subject. So we'll get to that here in just a sec. First, do need to thank our sponsors. In addition to South Coast Surf Shops with five locations in San Diego and online at southcoast.com. Special thanks to BajaBound.com. Jeff and the crew running that operation for over 10 years. And so many people making Mexico, Baja, part of their routine. Especially these days, man. You know the, you know the deal in San Diego. The cost of living is so high that uh, when it comes to vacations, uh, we're all on a budget, and, and there's nothing better when you're on a budget than heading down to Baja. But when you do so, you got to make sure you have auto insurance. So hit up Jeff and the crew. It's BajaBound.com. They can set you up with day rates, week rates, even monthly rates if you move down there. Got a lot of friends who have relocated to Baja but uh, the climate's different. We've talked about it here before. In fact, uh, my family were taking a trip down to Baja in July, uh, going down for a wedding, and I'll be sure to hook up with BajaBound.com for the auto insurance. Tory Holistics, before we get to Cote, they've got a delivery program called Tory to You. So uh, if you don't want to go to the shop in Sereno Valley, would rather have your meds delivered, you can do so by... Go to toryholistics.com forward slash delivery. Kyle, this guy Kyle runs the program up there. Talk about a stand-up dude, top-notch, and uh, they're efficient. They get you your product within an hour, and it's all legal, licensed, so you're doing it above bar. You know, still, you can you can call your buddy or, or some of the other operations, but not to knock them, but uh, that's not the legit way to go about your business this day and age. I mean, we voted for this. We wanted uh, cannabis products to be legalized. And now that they are, we got to play by the rules, you know? That being said, toryholistics.com forward slash delivery. If you don't want to make that trip into the shop to get your THC or CBD products, simply log online and they'll deliver them to you. It's like uh, Uber Eats, 
but with weed. <laughs> All right, Chris Cote, back from Rio. International Playboy, Chris Cote. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Uh, it's awesome to catch up with him right now. Yeah, what up? I just, I'm taking a picture. See? Now it's digital. Now it happened. Nice. That will be on Instagram. Now we know. Now the world will know that it happened. That's an official timestamp. Yeah. A photo timestamp. Yeah. And I'm here at your office. Tell us about your space here in Encinitas, Chris. Well, I'm in the nose end of a, or the ass end of a Airstream trailer. Um, right here, downtown Encinitas, about a block from Swami's. This is where I, if I'm in Encinitas, if I'm in town, this is where I'm at. I lock myself into this little nook. This is where I record the Monday Mass podcast. This is where I do freelance writing. This is where I do Encinitas Magazine. And it's rad. It's right in the zone. So this nook. It's it what would, it's about. 20, how big would you say this? Yeah, we, 12 by 12. Yeah. You barely fit in here. I don't think I could lay down in here. It's not. I can't stand up. No. No, and I, if I'd laid down, I'd sure, I'd certainly hit the wall. It's like a hobbit hole. But and, I like it, though. Hobbit. And here's why I like it. Because we live very similar lives, minus the I'm not a international world traveler on TV, living these amazing life experiences <laughs> that we're going to talk about momentarily. But aside from that, on the freelance side and the hustle and managing your own thing and doing the podcast and freelance yeah. work. I can certainly relate to that. For sure. Uh, I want to talk to you, though, about the aforementioned world traveling, because I know you just got back from Rio. Yep. And, and before we go to Rio, I want to start with your experience at the uh, at the Wave House. <laughs> the, Whoa, oh, what was that? The podcast is done. That, Your that podcast is yes. done? We'll oh, get to okay. that later. No, the Kelly um, Slater, uh, the Surf Ranch. WSL Surf Ranch. Yeah, yes. I was uh, part of the commentary team that broadcast the first ever live event you know at that at that spot it was called the founders cup it was five teams international teams of five surfers three women two men usa australia brazil europe and world team so world team is made up of tahiti japan new zealand and um somewhere else uh but basically it was like uh special uh, a specialty event it didn't have any ramifications for the world championship tour right but it was huge it was, was kind of like a demo almost right it was kind of i think it was so the wave is a prototype they had a prototype event there um called the future classic that they did not broadcast yeah they had a uh they did not broadcast but this one was the first kind of big public event concerts I heard it kind of described as Coachella with a wave pool. Really? Know, with the wave as the star. Who was playing out there? I heard Perry Farrell did a DJ set up. Uh, yeah, there, Benjamin right? Booker, Perry Farrell. 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 I've been talking a lot lately. No, I know. I feel um, for you, man. Perry Farrell, uh, Tom Curran's son's band, which is called Clean Spill. Okay. And they're super, you know, they're super legit, really good band. Wait, I think they were at the Shapers Cup or something. For some, sure, yeah. Somebody they played. Play, they've been playing around a lot. Bunch of kids. <laughs> yeah, they're young kids. And they like played Lollapalooza also. I think so, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. They're, they're growing. And they do covers, right? And um, original stuff? No, you're thinking of the band that is... The dude from Metallica's son. Okay. Little kids. Yes. Playing like Iron Maiden or playing Sabbath. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And they're doing like Queens of the Stone yes. Age covers. Yeah. That's they're fucking Robert, awesome. Robert Trujillo's son's band. Okay. And I can't remember their name. So there was 
bunch of music. Um, Lily Miola. Uh, it was just a really cool weekend. It was a big kind of festival thing. You know, they had 10,000 people per day at Damn. the pool, so it was sold out both days. Now, tell me about the pool, and I, I know you've actually surfed it, which is yeah. insane. Tell me about what the experience is like for those who can't even imagine. It's surreal in the sense of when you're surfing in the ocean, a lot, I would say 80% of it is muscle memory and just react, reacting to what's happening. You don't really think about... Um, I only have four waves this session. You never right. think like that. You surf and you catch however, you know, sometimes you catch one wave, sometimes you catch 30. Sure. Um, but you're constantly just piling around and the waves, you know, you can't just find a wave. The wave comes to you. So you don't have too much time to think about what you're going to do on the wave. You just react. When you get to the surf ranch, you have so much time to think about what you're going to do on the wave. You yeah. know exactly when it's coming and it freaks you out. My friend, Todd Glazer, who surfed there a couple of times, told me, do not try to surf the first wave. Just stand up and ride the wave and see what it's like before you even try anything because it's so fast and it's such a precious resource that if you blow it, you're back of the line and you're bummed. And how long is it before you can go again? It's So it, the wave comes every three minutes. So I think the standard rotation is you're sitting there and there's a – a, a, a PA announcement one minute and then you're going oh shit so it's every three minutes that happens and you catch the wave and the lineup would be you would catch the wave all the way if you made it all the way you'd catch it all the way down a right first all the way to the end and then you'd catch the left all the way back so that would be your turn okay and then if you have three other people in the water everybody does that so in you're sitting for you know 15 minutes between your turns and you just, as you pointed out, when you're in the ocean, it's a more free-spirited environment. Where yeah. here, it's like, boom, react. Yeah. You, you you have to make it. But the flip side is that the wave is 45 seconds long, which there's maybe two or three places in the world that you can ride for that long. Yeah, I can't imagine. You know, like, that's twice as long as a really good wave at Malibu. So explain to me, then, how, like, watching the Founders Cup, how someone like John John had a hard time surfing it. I feel like the Founders Cup still is, it wasn't a finish line of, we're here, you know? Right. It was more, I feel like it was way more of a starting point because still a lot of the surfers have not had a lot of practice in there and it is really hard to ride. See, that's what's blowing me away. Is that yeah. You, you look at someone like John John and seeing the stuff that he does from my perspective, not from yours. This yeah, is what yeah. you do. But for me, the casual observer, it's just like, oh, the guy friggin' rips. Then you see him in Kelly's wave, and you're like, yeah. whoa, How is it, why I could have served that. Yeah, or I could have done that. Yeah, I think um, the learning curve is just way different. You know, it's you can easily overthink every wave because you know exactly what the wave is going to do. Yeah. And when I – so I got two good waves. I got really barreled, and then I got greedy and cocky. And I go, oh, I'm going to get so barreled the next wave. And you just ate shit like three waves in a row. Really? Because you overthink it. And that's happened to me at every wave pool I've surfed. I've surfed three of the world's best wave pools before these new ones. There's one in Dubai that I surfed. And first wave, perfect 360 air. Landed. I was like, oh, my God, it's so on. Damn. Next five waves in a row, totally blew it because you overthink it. Really? Yeah, because you know because it's, it's that perfect. Is that what it is? Because I even notice I have a harder time surfing on clean, glassy days sometimes. Just because you know what's coming. Yeah, and it's, that's there's nothing in the ocean like. I mean, 
I think it's as close, you know, restaurants in Fiji is probably the closest wave that I've ever surfed to the surf ranch. And you kind of know what's going to happen on the wave. You're going to drop in and pump and get barreled and, you know, repeat. Right. So it's just, it messes with your mind and you don't, you don't see any of the train or the jet ski or what you don't see any of that when you're on the wave. Do you, you hear only it? see the wave. Do you hear it? You though? don't hear it. Really? Okay. It becomes like you're in the ocean. Okay. But the hard part is sitting there getting yourself mentally prepared. Of course. You have 15 seconds when the wave's building down the line. Oh, that would scare the shit out of me. Yeah. Now, here's a question for you that I've actually, I'm really curious because part of surfing for me is obviously the blue therapy that that comes into play. And I attribute a lot of that to the salt water. Yeah. And I always have looked at, even from an early age, as salt water as being very cleansing in a very spiritual way. Do you get that same stoke and vibe in the pool that you would get in the and I, I know that's probably a stupid question. No, I feel like, I mean, now now we have the term ocean surfing. I right. feel like ocean surfing is way more uh, meditative and, you know, spiritually cleansing, whereas the, the wave pool environment, it's more of like a, if the ocean is like weed or, you know, right. something organic, the wave pool is like ecstasy, <laughs> or some, you know, because... More synthetic. Get, yeah, I get uh, it. You get this visceral stoke energy and everybody that catches a wave has the same shit-eating grin and right dopey smile like oh my god but it's not that, that spiritual happen? cleansing feel like do I you think feel it's just a different it's a different kind of it's more an energetic feeling you're so excited and after your best surfs in the ocean you know you're like cleansed you right. feel you know but at the wave at the surf ranch in particular, you're all you can think about. It's like a drug. You're like, I I need more. Wow. Yeah, I want I want that again. That's fascinating. You can't get enough. Obviously, it's been reserved to pros and to yeah. industry folks like yourself and your your friends. But uh, what about people like myself or, or you know, the lame? Yeah. Will we ever get a chance to ride the wave? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, they so they just insert in, in the terms of surf ranch again. It's still a prototype, so it's just now starting to open up to the public but it costs a lot of money you know how much does it cost do you know i don't know the prices of private sessions i I know it costs a lot to run the whole thing um so maybe it would be like 10 grand right for the session and that's kind of a a number that's floated around but i don't know exactly because it's i don't think i don't think anyone can just go to the website and buy a session yet that's what i mean because it's still prototype so that's why you have I mean, the one percenters basically getting in there. And that's, you know, again, that's like, like anywhere. If you open a restaurant, you don't just open the doors to the public. You open the doors to your investors and your, your network, you know, your, your people to get the, get, this is the studio 54 thing. They never bought an ad. They never, um, did any advertising at all. They would rely on famous people going there and spreading the word, Yep. which is what's happening with, you know, the surf ranch. That's a great comparison. Yeah. I just because I just listened to the audiobook on Studio Fifty Four, so I like oh. know everything about <laughs> Studio Fifty Four. So you're using that in a lot of references I am, these days. Yes, I get yes. it. I get it. Yeah, and so the BSR um, Cable Park in Waco, Texas, the other new big wave pool. That's so tell me about out. that. Yeah, how's that different from this? That was one of my questions too. More waves per minute. Okay. Um, I think 
to a certain extent more user friendly because you have more chances to ride waves because there's just way more waves coming. Um, and it's at a water park, so it's a public, big public space. So people are already starting to immediately be able to book sessions. Got it. They had they released their video the day of the Founders Cup. Yeah, I'm sure that wasn't a coincidence. No. Um, and basically, my one of my homies, dude, Shane Magnuson, pro surfer, rad, rad human, um, is now general manager of the facility. So he just became the most popular dude on earth with people going, okay, when's my session? And, I want to go know, to Waco. Yeah. So Waco's, Waco's going nuts. So is Waco, how would you compare or how is Waco rather different than Kelly's Wave and the Surf Ranch? Just as far as it's just more public friendly and public facing? I think more public friendly. I think it's more of a trick skate park oriented style wave you can get barreled you can come out do turns you can do errors there's i think five or six different variations of wave is it the same technology with the train and all that no it's it's air based so air tanks and different mechanics that's freaky though yeah so i think with you know an hour in the waco wave pool you'll get 50 or something 60 waves i don't know exactly yeah whereas an hour in surf ranch you get 20 yeah so it's triple or or quadruple the amount of waves um so more reps more opportunity to learn to do that's why we're already seeing crazy airs come out of there come out of there that's what i've seen okay skate park i mean it's insane but i could tell you that kelly's wave is way more my style i get freaked out by those big air turbine just yeah it takes me back to my childhood where there was a place called action park when i was a kid oh new jersey dude you've heard of it the the shellac album at action park oh my god and then i watched the whole documentary about action park you did they, the, they would just set shit up and like people would, would just, die yeah and it was the biggest thing when i was a kid where you would go to action park and you would never know if you would make it home alive or yeah, not i love that and i kind of did too it made the whole experience more thrilling yeah. it really did because you would go there and didn't know if you were going to get maimed on the slalom the alpine slide yeah, untested activities exactly but there was the wave pool and i remember out of all the rides the only one that really freaked me out was the wave pool because you're like no it's because people got a electrocuted in it oh well and, that, and would, dr- freak anybody out. <laughs> and would drown so i'm sure that that's not the same technology or i'm sure things have advanced since the yeah the mid 80s over with uh, this establishment in waco do you plan on surfing at any time soon oh, for sure my brother just went there so i was i was lording my surf ranch time not lording but you know you gotta rub it in to your of friends course. and family you did a great job on me <laughs> see i rub it in and then now so he went to waco and now he's rubbing it on me and it's working i have to i i that's honestly my next surf trip like hopefully just for me for not work related things i want to go to waco okay to here's a the, question yeah. for you okay all right I'm, I'm asking this question for my homies down at termo yeah can you ride a longboard at Kelly's Ranch or yeah. at Waco. You can. Um, Alex Nost was in there on some mid-length boards. Um, Ian Carnes was supping in there in Road Waves. No. Yeah. So okay. Wingnut. Dude, Wingnut rips okay. the place. Yeah. Okay. Wingnut goes, I, I, apparently Wingnut goes there all the time. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. So let's get back to Rio. And uh, obviously you were, you were hosting 
or co-hosting or part of the broadcast team at Kelly's Ranch for the WSL. Yep. Came back to town for a day, and then you're back on a jet going to South America. I went, so I went to the Surf Ranch Founders Cup four days, came back one day, went down to Sacroarema, Brazil, just outside of Rio for 10 days. Now I'm home for seven days and I go back to Sao Paulo for Vans Park Series. Are you kidding? You're going back? Going back. I didn't know that. Obrigado. Dang, dude. How's your Portuguese these days? Not good. I need to really, I need, I know. Bon dia. Bon, Bon dia, which is like good morning, hello. Okay. Buenas noches, good night or good evening. Parabéns, congratulations, obrigado, thank you. How do you say Tinder in Portuguese? Um, you know what I, I had some of those terms. I had some of those <laughs> things written down. Voce, some, yeah, some. Because for those who don't know, uh, Mr. Cote here is. Um, Ready well, to mingle. Recently single, I guess, or um, are we saying separated? Single and ready to mingle. Okay. Separated and ready to party. Yeah. And uh, it's it's weird because when I first met you, that wasn't your that wasn't your place in life. You were in a different situation. Yeah. How quickly things can change and pivot in life. And we all know that. Exactly. And uh, how is the single life treating a man who, uh, you know, is in his 40s? And embracing technology in a in a different way as a single man, you know, yeah. you use you, you know up until now you've been using technology, but not in a Bumble and Tinder sort of way. Exactly. Um, it you know what it's 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 really cool because every married friend I have and how I was when I was married is you're so curious, like, oh, dude, tell me about it. That's me. What is what is it? What do you do? What you know, let me see it. Let me work it for you. Let me do some swiping. For me, I mean, I never really had problems like meeting people um but it's kind of fun to because when you're out in the street right when you're out walking around you meet a girl you see a girl or a guy or whatever you're into and you're like i want to go up to this person and say what's up but i immediately feel like because i've had this happen to me where other people trying to get involved with my relationship or my marriage where you know it's like it's so fucked up and so I, I i'm so sensitive about walking up to someone and being like hi how are you flirting not knowing if they're married or they have a boyfriend or whatever um so that i think that's a, a cool key element that makes bumble and tinder and all that um good and because everyone's looking for the same thing because you you take down that mystery and that's mm -hmm. the good and bad part of it you take out the mystery and the kind of the excitement of yeah you know like seeing someone which you can still get obviously i mean out on the street it's funny you say that and i'll tell you why because i was at fiesta del sol as you know mm -hmm. i had a woman come up to me and it was the most awkward thing ever because i don't wear a ring yeah and and it's not by, and it's not by design i just i don't wear a ring because i have fat sausage fingers yeah and you, you rings lose circulation you lose that finger exactly just rings are very uncomfortable you know when you wrap one around these jimmy deans <laughs> it's just it's kind of fucked up so it's easier to just let the let them flow like letting your gut out so um i don't wear a ring and a girl came up to me and was like hey what's up joshing you girl i knew from back in the 91x days of course and now she's like in her 30s mid 30s and mm -hmm. yeah she's totally pulling it and doing it and asked me if i was still married 
and it was such an uncomfortable fucking moment where I was yeah. like, yeah, and very happily, and here are pictures of my kids, and I'm showing her the phone, and then from that point forward... She wanted to walk away. No, I wanted to walk. Dude, yeah. The whole exchange was so fucking awkward, well, it's so, which could have been yeah. eliminated, as to your point and credit, if you're both on Tinder. If I was on Tinder, she would know yeah. I was fair game. See, I wouldn't... I, I, I never... I've never done... I've just tested the tinder waters like a couple weeks ago and i have never done it i think tinder has that connotation of straight hookup and so it'd be weird for me to do that in my hometown okay. but when you're traveling Tinder's more for traveling yeah when you're traveling international it's kind of cool just even if you're not trying to like get laid or hook up whatever you're just talking to locals yeah and you're you know like i went on australia and it was super cool because you're you you have immediate like tour guides not that you even hook or hook or meet up with them yeah you're just talking to them and you're going hey what's there cool to do tonight in sydney or now what are the demos though because i always attribute tinder to being like 20 somethings do you find so in the the workings inner workings of these apps it's you set your own you know your settings are so i'm going 20 to 41 years old um, within 20 miles of where I live. Okay, how old are you, Chris? 41. Okay, and what are your settings? 20 to 41. 20? You'll go down to 20? Yeah. Hefner, I love Just, it. Again, because... And now it's become... At first it was curiosity. Now it's become kind of like a video game where the end result isn't necessarily meeting up with someone or hooking up or meeting my next future wife. I think 99% of people on there and I include myself are on there for, you know, the reasons of curiosity and, um, to, you know, to meet interesting people. And it's not about, I know there's, you know, there's, I'm sure if you looked at a study or something, most marriages and most meetings nowadays are probably happening from this technology. A, a thousand percent. Um, because I think it's pretty, it, it's kind of cut out a lot of um, crap between initially meeting someone and like going on a date. Well, just that awkwardness, that yeah. awkward dance that you were talking about that I mentioned, it just cuts all of that out yeah. and just gets right to it. But God, it's still so exhilarating to see someone go, I'm going to walk up to them and, Cause I still, I mean, I've been doing this since I was twelve years old on my first date. Yeah. The, the countdown. This is the countdown for me. Mm-hmm. I'm in the movie theater. I don't even know what movie it was. I'm 13 years old, sitting next to the girl. In my mind, I'm like, count of three. Put my arm around her. One, two, three. I don't do it. God damn. You know. Fuck. Okay. Yep. Next one. And and that is still happening to this day i'll see a girl or a woman i should say and they make you age appropriate and i go i at at the count of three i'm walking over there one two three damn it you pussy do it you know and it it happens now on dates and stuff and i've i i've seen i've gone out with and hung out with some really incredible cool people and you know, the fact that I don't drink even makes it that much more awkward because I'm fully clear, clear as to what's happening. That's bizarre. And that whole thing of 
there's no guilt-free hookups when you're not drunk. I mean, there could be if you, because I try to, you, you try to set the boundaries and so the, you're the saying guidelines. dating is a. This is an interesting pivot, if you will. So you're saying that dating as a single, sober, sober guy is way different than dating, obviously, when you're consuming because I think when you're when you're loaded, when you're drunk, you know, you're just you're way more free spirited, and you'll do whatever. Like I used to do whatever, of course, hook up with whoever. And you had that, you know, if, if you weren't necessarily into this person, you were just like, oh, I was drunk. Well, Whatever. I can't feel guilty about that because I was drunk. But since you're not drunk and you know full well you could be taking advantage of this person, you're not into this person, but you're still going through with it because mm. you're born. You know, there's just way more thought that goes into everything. Which is healthy, though. Totally right? Healthy. At the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, and I've definitely kept myself out of trouble by... Because you're able to recognize yeah. the consequences, yeah. opposed to when you're drunk, you're like, whatever. Yeah. And whatever. What, Either I end up in jail or get an STD, exactly. it doesn't fucking matter as long as I hook up. Where yeah. now, you've got the sober you have mindset. You put a little bit more thought into and it. And you're a parent and all that stuff, yeah. too. So. And what, I, and what I've learned through the, the dissolving of my marriage is that it's just so much, it's, it's way harder, but at the end of the day and at the end of whatever you're goal is with a relationship it's like that open honest conversation laying everything out on the table from the get-go and it's really hard because i've met up with you know like really like a you know met up with someone super hot and you're going my first instinct is to start lying through my teeth to get what i want right but that's not going to get me anywhere because again, I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm having fun, but at the same time, I don't want to waste my time or anyone else's time. Now, what about being a public personality and putting yourself out in the cyberspace on the Tinders and the Bumbles? How does that play into the, uh, the sphere, if you, you see, will? You see a lot of people, you know, and there is a level of like embarrassment, like, okay. uh, but at the same time, I feel like I've seen so many friends on there. And, you know, girls that I've just known forever that were totally plutonic and it's all good, but you swipe on them and then you send them a message like, ha ha, see you on Tinder or see you on Bumble. See, I get you that. Know, Bump, I think Bumble is the biggest one for just like normal people. Right. Out there with all the same ideas of like, you're not trying to just meet someone and hook up and bail. You're looking to meet someone. Sure. You know, so it's, it's I, I you see a ton of people, you know. And do you and find do no you stigma anymore? I don't think. Nah, I don't think yeah. so either. And, and do you find the um, the younger ones in that twenty zone that you referenced? As do they have interest in guys that are in their forties? I'm really like curious. Daddy issues? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'm real curious. You know, um, I feel like everybody sets their own age. Am I getting like hit on by twenty year olds? Not that often, <laughs> um, because. I don't know if a 20-year-old so, – so I'm 41, so I feel like 25 to 35-year-olds probably cut it off at 40. I agree. It's an even number. 39. And so Bumble users out there, bump it up to 41, you know? <laughs> so you you feel like you get like, cut out of the algorithm. I mean, I have, I don't, I, I have plenty of people to talk to on, sure. on it, but – I, I mean, I, I mean, again, I, I don't know how much I would have in common with a 20-year-old. 20, 20 I don't either, but that's why I'm real fascinated. But it's and it, funny to 
just throw it out there. It also makes me, as a parent of a daughter, you yeah. know, just make sure that we always have a very tight bond. Yeah. So and guys, there are never any yeah. issues between us. Guys on Bumble get probably you know a couple likes or swipes a day, whereas girls on Bumble and I've talked to a bunch of friends, I've talked to girls that I've been out with, met on Bumble, and they are getting hundreds of likes Jeez. so they literally are going through they're going no 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 you know all day yeah but the cool part about it is you you know if i'm i'm an encinitas and i'm like meeting people from downtown san diego pacific beach and again i'm not trying to say that i'm like fully hustling the bumble world like i'm very light on it. i turn it off break take breaks but well, you're traveling so yeah. much. I mean, how would you? You're in town for a day. How Again, much action yeah. can you get going? Again, it's it's just it's it's really it's for fun and it's like it's fascinating. Yeah, it's a very interesting social experiment. Yeah, and I'll stop pressing you because I'm starting to hit that zone where I'm starting to feel like a pervert. <laughs> Inappropriate. <laughs> no, just pervert, man. Like if my Pervy. wife's listening, she's like, "Why do you want to know so much about Tinder and after, his ladies?" Look, after we end this recording, I'll show you some. I'll give you a backstage tour oh you will to yeah. your profile yeah, and yeah. the ladies yeah. in that case i'm stopping air. now in three two and one <laughs> uh it's great to catch up with the homie chris cote the host of the monday mass here on the u network be sure to check that out download subscribe to the mass your monday action sports show hosted by cote and uh, other shows on the network. Don't forget Cataculture. Let me drink about it. These shows are firing, and uh, we all need your support. That's why we have the Patreon. In fact, I wanted to thank Forrest Henderson for uh, being our latest patron. Forrest, you're the man. Uh, having a baby here soon and, and, and taking time and money out of his uh, out of his pocket to support what we're doing here, and that's just talk about humbling. So. Forest, I couldn't thank you enough. And for being a new patron, we're going to ship one of those aforementioned Ufomies uh, out to you and the family. And uh, I'll make sure I get you a Betty hat for the wife. <laughs> and uh, thank you to all the patrons, Mariposa Ice Cream. You're the greatest. Uh, Adams Avenue, Mariposa Ice Cream. Best homemade ice cream on the planet. They're huge supporters. You know who you are, all you patrons. I love you to death. And if you'd like to be one, it's patreon.com forward slash you. And it's so appreciated along with uh, all our sponsors. And I'm kind of going off right now on this little tangent because we're celebrating our one year anniversary of keeping this network and this little media company alive. And um, man, one year, they say the year's the hardest uh Hardest to get through, and, and we did it, thanks to you. Or should I say, you? <laughs>